0: I know many people in the corporate space, they do the same thing day, af- day after day, year after mm-hmm. year. And I just said, I, I, I don't want to do that. Also too, like you don't want to just jump to anything, right. especially when you're at that point when where you're purpose-driven mm-hmm. and not title-driven and not money-driven and mm-hmm. not quote-unquote prestige-driven. You know you're kind of like purpose-driven like you want to do something that's actually going to matter
1: hello and welcome to talks with sarah no socks a podcast about failure and how it's leading us to success each week I sit down on Mondays and share my weekly failures with you and I'm joined on Fridays with a special guest who's sharing their own story of failure and how that's led to their current success sit back relax and enjoy this week's show. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Talks with Sarah No Socks. This week, I am sitting down with Yolanda. I'm so excited to chat with her. She, by day, just got a new job and is running operations at HBCUVC. And in her spare time, she's quite busy running a productivity studio called Sprint as a Service, in which she offers Agile and Notion Consulting. And she's also the founder of women to Done, which is a new subset in that business dedicated to supporting women-led socially impactful businesses through cohort-based sprints. So she's here to chat all things mindful productivity, agile, no code, career change, and everything in between. So I'm so excited to have her join us. Thank you so much for being here today.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So I gave like, such a high-level overview, but I know there's so much more to your story, and I'm so excited to chat with you. So, why don't you give us a little bit more background on who you are, what your journey has looked like so far? Okay.
0: Well, again, I'm Yolanda um, Fresh Freshvester on Twitter, and uh, fairly new to new to no code. So, um, previously, before joining HVCVC, I worked in kind of the corporate world. I was a Scrum Master. For three agile development teams in the healthcare space, and I most I recently left, let's say in the last month or so, to join HBCVC, which is a, a nonprofit um, getting underrepresented folks in the VC space through fellowships, paid internships, and that sort of thing. Um, I joined No Code, as I guess we all know it. Last year, and I say as we all know it because I never heard the term like no code before last year. But I had I've been making like Wix sites for myself and friends for literally years, not knowing that I was ahead of the curve. And so last year when I was when, you know, I learned about all of these great platforms um, that were no code that you could build these awesome applications. I kind of dove right in. Um, So uh, a few weeks after kind of learning about no code in the, I guess, in the 2020 2020 version of no code. Um, (laughs) I found this wonderful community on Twitter. And and Sarah, you know, like the no code community is the nicest community that you'll ever find online. Um, Yeah, so everyone was just like, just so helpful and that sort of thing. So I had this corporate job where I was a code by day. But then after I logged off I would join like the world of no code on Twitter and I was like how can I use no code to leverage like really what I want to do you know outside of my outside of my corporate job like how can I use this and because I was a scrum master and because I I love agile Um, Not only the methodology, but just the idea of being flexible and taking things as they come and being iterative. How do I take that and bring it into spaces, into people that may not be familiar? Mm -hmm. So with all of these no-code tools, I said, this is the way that I do that. So that's how I came to the community. I started to build Women to done. Um, and now sprint as a service.
1: That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) So you touched on a lot there. You, you've been a scrum master, I believe for quite a long time, right? Like 10 years.
0: Like, well, well, let me, let me say about five years in the space, but I've been in, in agile environments for about seven. I will say that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So that knowledge is huge when it comes to no code, right? (laughs) I feel like that's kind of what the space is missing. I mean,
0: you know what it is, but it's also a little bit freeing too because in the coded world, and I'm not, I'm not sure if you are at all if you've been entrenched in that. Um, yeah, okay, definitely right. Um, it's so structured. Even even when they are following the agile methodology, which is like the sprints and iterating on a product and, and that sort of thing, it's still extremely structured. Right. And coming from a corporate environment, it's like there has to be 20 people that approve a project mm-hmm. and approve the funding before you even get it. And then there's 20 more hands, you know, massaging the requirements before you, before you even get it. Mm-hmm. So there's there was something freeing about, oh, let me... I woke up this morning with the idea let me execute it by the time that you know I go to bed. Right. You know so there is that but I will say too there is for definitely some of um the applications that people want to make businesses right <laughs> there are uh I would say they could benefit from a little bit more structure and maybe a little bit more thought on the front end about how um something is going to be developed and Maybe not jumping into the UI, but thinking about data first and, and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. after uh, developing to a certain point, doing the testing, like you would see in a traditional kind of right. programming space. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. But there is something very freeing about just jumping in there.
1: Oh 100%. It's amazing. Yeah, I I'm with you. I didn't know I was a no-code to heard the word. I was like, "Oh, but I've been using all these things." Okay. Yeah,
0: I've, I've for 15 years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I've been doing like how long is how long has Weebly been out? I think I was like a lifetime. I Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's been out a while. Um yeah, it's awesome. I yeah, I, I really think agile. I see a lot of folks that want to start a SaaS and I think you need some sort of structure. I, I like Agile, yeah, mm-hmm. What the corporate environment I came from used that as well. I don't like all the red tape behind corporate. I understand why it's there. So combined with no code, I think it's really powerful because there are so many great methodologies within there that people really should be taking into practice if they're using no code to build an MVP. You do need to iterate and keep going if you're going to make this a real thing. I think people lose track of that because they can go so fast and kind of like get themselves tripped up a little bit. <laughs> get
0: yeah, absolutely. And then um, there's someone I follow on Twitter and I really want to get his name right. So I may look it up, but uh, Stephen, actually he's a no coder from Jamaica. He tweeted out um, the other day, you know, an, an application is not a business. So it's like, it's okay to be <laughs> launching and to be doing. And and by the way, it's great. Like I look at people that are true makers. Like every time I log on, they have something, like not only an idea, but they have it up and running. Like I
1: know,
0: absolutely. So I'm in really in awe of um, makers. But I I read that tweet and I was like, that's a good point. It's an <laughs> excellent <is> a, point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's, there's a mountain of other, other stuff.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and even with women to done, you know, with me, I was just kind of like, you know, I'm just going to put, I want to put my shingle, my online shingle, um, out there in the form of this landing page that has so much detail in it. Um, but I mean, again, it's, if you build it, They don't necessarily come. Right. (laughs) They don't they don't like there's a lot that goes into you build it and then you have to create this energy and this value that brings people in. So that's and that's a whole nother thing outside of like launching. So
1: absolutely yeah, yeah a ton of great stuff he just touched on there we'll get into that in a, in a minute here but i wanted to, to highlight <laughs> one more thing on your journey so i'm curious as to you were already doing these side projects was that something you just always had an interest in you talked about building the wix site how did you kind of get into that and where did that fit into your corporate were you trying to find a new outlet
0: yeah well, i was probably trying to escape <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all <laughs> I mean, you know what it is is that I mean definitely, and everything is gray, like nothing is really black and white, just there's all just shades of gray, and I've been in the corporate space for more than ten years, so I enjoy it. I enjoyed it because of the stability um being able to learn to be around like incredible people. But you know, we I think just as a society, like we romanticize like the entrepreneur, you know, yes. being able to 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 do things the way that you want to do it, not answering to anyone, being able to take the day off when you want to take the day off, um, and that sort of thing. So I think that I I kind of always had that bug where as I was thinking like if if I could get this to a place then maybe there's a possibility, (laughs) maybe maybe there's a possibility that I can replace this with that. So, um, so yeah, I think that was, that was always the plan, um, but never quite got there. And I look at people now who are and for some reason, like over the past few months, I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter, I feel like a ton of people have just been announcing I left my job.
1: Yes. I have noticed that trend. <laughs> I, I kind of cringe inside. We'll get into that in a minute. Go ahead and
0: finish yourself. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, wow, that's, but it, I mean, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge thing to do that, you know? So, and I've never gotten comfortable enough, even though I've made a little bit of money, I've never gotten comfortable enough to say, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave this, you know, this stability behind and go forth, because as much as we romanticize entrepreneurship, it's, some would say, and I am someone, <laughs> 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 that it's actually harder than clocking into a job, definitely. Yeah. In many instances, so.
1: Yep. Totally agree with you. Um, as someone who did just up and quit their job and went into this not necessarily with rose-colored glasses on, but definitely a much higher expectation for return, much faster than is realistic. Um, I I do oftentimes reach out to people that I see that are I feel okay with saying like, hey, I'll chat with you if you want to leave your job so that I can kind of share what it's like on the other side. Because as you touched upon, when you become an entrepreneur, an indie maker, a solo maker, anything that doesn't have that corporate umbrella, you don't just have... you're not really your own boss because you have all of these other clients to answer to all the time. It's a rotating door. (laughs) I know. And you may, I mean, literally you may be trading
0: in one. And and again, I did not have a horrible manager. Let me just say that from the job that I just left and definitely don't have, I have a fantastic situation now, but you could be easily going from one horrific boss Mm -hmm. to five horrific bosses. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And and I always say there's the whole other side. I think a lot of people, as you touched upon, romanticize entrepreneurship because you think it is just days at the coffee shop and you just get to do work. And that's really what I call like 20% of it. The other 80% is you are everything else. You are the boss. You are the accountant. You are the social media manager. You are the marketing department. You know, you're the bookkeeper. Like you're all the things. And that part I think is what most people put blinders on towards. I know I did. Like I romanticize that I get to do the work I want to do air quotes, (laughs) but I got wrapped up in the fact that I still have all that other work I don't actually want to do all the time, but that's usually 90% of the job. job. Um, Because even when you have clients, you still have to do all of those things, right? Like paying taxes on time and all the things. So I appreciate you that you are kind of traveling both lanes. And I'd love to hear how that's been helpful for you or what that experience has been like, because we have quite a few folks who have made the complete jump instead of, as you said, went and found a different role that maybe was a better fit for your full-time job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I was like really fortunate, you know, I had been looking for a minute, um, just because as great as my job was and as great as the people were that I was working with, I said, I, I, I want to pivot. You know, mm-hmm. I like what I do, but I want to pivot.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I've, been, I've been in that same role for like five years. And so <laughs> I've kind of seen it all, done it all. And yep. I know many people in the corporate space, they do the same thing day, af- day after day, year after mm-hmm. year. And I just said, I, I, I don't want to do that. Um, so, but also too, like you don't want to just jump to anything, right. especially when you're at that point when where you're purpose-driven mm-hmm. and not title-driven and not money-driven and mm-hmm. not quote-unquote prestige-driven. You know, you're kind of like purpose-driven. Like you want to do something that's actually going to matter. Yep. Um, so I was extremely fortunate, um, with landing at HBCVC, uh, and it's a wonderful mission and really fortunate in them having a position where I'm able to work in operations and I'm able to work with no cold tools. So yeah. That is, I mean, I was like, this is this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. So I mean it it doesn't when I was, you know, when you're on a corporate job, you're kind of like a little stealthy, yes. <laughs> if you me. Going- <laughs> <laughs> excellent description. Just, just, to say the least, like yes. to say the least, air quotes, <laughs> you're stealthy, like you're like, <laughs> I can't let anyone find out what I'm doing. <laughs> yes. And especially when you're in the coded, I say coded world, like everyone knows that in the, in the traditional programming world. Right. 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 And, and they, and they say, and you know, if they find out like you're going and and building app by, by clicking and dragging, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, a, that's another layer. Right. So um, yeah. So you have to be a little bit stealthy and to be a part of an organization that not only knows, but just encourages your ambition. Ambitions outside of the organization is like super powerful. Not everyone can get it, but I'm very fortunate right now to have that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I've been seeing a lot more positions that have specific no code applications listed in them which I think is phenomenal. And I definitely think it is going to happen more and more. And I've seen a lot of makers take on these full-time roles because it now aligns and they can kind of combine all of the things that they wanna do into these more passion-driven roles and wow. purpose-driven roles, which I think is so, so important. Um, it's not for everybody, for sure. And circumstances are different for everyone, but I'm I'm excited for you that you found something that fits that. That's That's awesome. How does that kind of tie into then what you're doing with your product studio? So just, I guess, a a sprint studio, what do you call it?
0: (laughs) What we do, and I I currently have a partner, but we go in, we assess an organization's agility. Like we have an agile assessment that we go in and we determine, okay, where can we help you become more agile? Mm -hmm. Right? And once we go through that process of identifying areas that we can help, then we go into the organization and help set up teams, help get those um, processes set up, help get those systems set up, which is where Notion and Coda and Asana and all of of these tools come in, Mm -hmm. um, that we're then able to help the organization not only get the knowledge to go the agile path and specifically scrum, um, but also get those tools in place so that we can support the team workflows. Um, and primarily right now we're really focused on, um, asynchronous workspaces, which I know is kind of like, uh, very trendy right now with, with everything going on and everyone kind of scattering, but all these remote and distributed teams, um, but it's, it's definitely a, a niche right now that's that sprung mm-hmm. up over the last 12 months, definitely that I believe there's like tremendous upside in yeah yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah that sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm excited to watch it grow. And then you have women to done, which is kind of in that same vein, but you're helping just cohorts of women.
0: Absolutely. And I'm actually pivoting with women to done. Um, I launched that on January 1st, we had our first cohort and basically it was just to help women founders of socially impactful businesses, Mm -hmm. um, basically solve for their operational pain points. Right. So if you, Sarah had uh, signed up and you said, well, I had this laundry list of things that I, I just can't get through. And they're and for my business, it's uh, inhibiting me from moving forward, that sort of thing. I would then um, include you in this program that basically kind of walks you through how to prioritize what it is that you need to do for your business using Agile, the Agile framework of Scrum and Kanban. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of walk you through, like, what is important, what is not important, um, what you need to focus on, and then ultimately, have you narrowed down that list to absolutely what is critical, and then we would actually start the sprint of mm-hmm. solving those issues and checking off those tasks.
1: Yeah. yeah. That sounds uh, amazing and so necessary for so many people. I. What you touched upon, the important and not important is so, so, so difficult for so many people to decide. Yeah. They're yeah. too far in it. You don't know what what matters and what doesn't. And all it takes is one person to say, no, no, that that tweet is not important <laughs> <laughs> this is important, absolutely. And it's so let me
0: especially living on Twitter the way that I do, even even when i'm not even when I'm not tweeting, I'm there. <laughs> right? well, like, I know. I'm there. I'm there lurking. Right. But it's like it's it's so easy to get drowned in the noise of Twitter. Mm -hmm. And there are some people on Twitter that I'm in awe of. Like, I mean, they are self promoters to the hilt. Like I'm Mm -hmm. trying to learn from them. But in the scheme of things, when you have all of these other operational issues, probably being on Twitter and promotion may need to take a backseat. And also, too, I'm really um, I've really gotten interested in the whole mindful productivity thing, yes. right? And it's mindful productivity is about being present with what you are doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's about being present with how you spend your time, what you're spending your time on. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things that have to happen before that you before you can do that, and definitely learning to say no to things is at the top of the list. Um, there's been there's so many great opportunities in the no code space, and just in just the business space in general, it's like how do you how do you say no, you know how do you learn to say no. Because in the scheme of things, this thing over here, that this request for your time isn't going to be as beneficial to you as you just putting your head down and doing this other thing. You know, um, yeah. So learning what's important and what's valuable to your business is extremely important to the getting to the point where that laundry list of things that you have is the true list that you should have and that you should be focusing on.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm so glad you brought up mindful productivity. I, I think it's so important. And I love the outline that you kind of have on your, your website. Um, I'm definitely going to link it in the bio. It's great. I I... I think it's so difficult. I'm really struggling with mindful productivity myself right now and I think I see it in a lot of other people and we don't really know that that's the issue. You know, we call it shiny object syndrome. We're kind of just bouncing around from one thing to another. We'll batch things out, but it still doesn't feel like we're moving forward. We're just spinning our wheels. And I think a lot of it stems from not being mindfully productive and what you just touched upon, not saying no. I'm in that phase right now where I'm kind of like cutting out. things yeah. and it feels horrible because you don't well maybe not to everybody for me it feels horrible because I am a people pleaser at heart and I know there's a lot of things I can do it just comes down to is it the best use of my time and will say no free me up to do things that I would have never thought possible and that has usually been the case for me when I say no to something that doesn't 100% align something that does align comes along next so has that been your experience
0: Absolutely. I, I definitely chase, I've chased a lot of shiny objects. <laughs> I mean, even, even in the, the last few years with, you know, having the questions about my career, where I want to go, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I have a, a room in my house that is my hobby room <laughs> where it's like, kind of like my, my empire room, <laughs> my, my mobile room of, all of these ideas that I've had over the years—I mean, I've been—and maybe this is getting off track, but
1: <laughs> I've been all.
0: a jewelry maker, a knitter, a crocheter, um, a a soap maker, a lotion—I mean, absolutely everything. I have I have had like a ton of business ideas, mm-hmm. all in the search of you know just trying to figure out. And to me, one thing about mindful pro- productivity is really being like true to yourself, right? It's not chasing something like you you already know right what you're supposed to be doing. you know i and I think you, everyone knows that intuitively, but for some odd reason, like we we listen to others, we listen to society, we do what we're so quote unquote supposed to do. And what we really need to do is just like listen to that inner voice. Yes. You know,
1: <laughs> seriously. It's so hard, so hard. I tell everyone, I think it's amazing that you just touched upon that you had all those things you tried. And I love that you did that. Every time I talk to somebody, I'm always like, but what did you play with? So you had that adult play phase right that you experimented with all these things when you're a kid you change what you're going to do every day right yeah. like i'm going to be an astronaut this week firefighter next week then a doctor and for some reason when we get to be an adult people are like no no at 18 you're supposed to know and that's what you do for the rest of your life it's the most ridiculous thing to me come on it's, nobody's it's like that the most
0: ridiculous thing i mean you took the words out of my mouth and at 18 and big ups to all the 18 year olds who know exactly what they want to do yeah. For the most, I think ninety percent though maybe of them do not um and to ask people not only to choose what they're gonna do but then they're kind of expected to spend the rest of their lives at least at least thirty years right on right. This thing. um and what we don't realize is that like we really never grow out of that phase of I want to be a fireman, I want to be a policeman, I want to be because even though i'm saying yes you know intuitively intuitively what you want to be mm-hmm. we're constantly evolving absolutely so that, so the thing that i'm working on right now may be, maybe totally different you know a year from now because i am evolving and it's okay to do that if you're if you're staying true to yourself if you're not chasing a trend are chasing the people that you admire on social media
1: right yeah totally agree and i think the successful people that i see in life are those that are really true to themselves that you can tell when they speak when they're you know giving out a product like if they truly are successful and it's come by naturally and just built up Mm -hmm. over the years you look at them and say that's what they were meant to do and so Uh they're They're all in alignment and, you know, they've maybe had that adult play phase. That sounds like a really terrible phrase, but (laughs) hopefully people know what I mean. (laughs) Your mind's out of the gutter, people. Um, You know, but you just like kind of experimenting with different paths in life. And I think that's okay to do if you have a full-time job. If you don't have a full-time job, like, I think you just have to do it. Otherwise, you kind of get suffocated by the monotony of doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you have to become bendy. Now, can I, can I turn the tables a little bit on you? Absolutely. Okay. So how, how have you been handling this? Because I've, I mean, I've read your tweets. I know that what are you a year, a a year and some change into, okay. So how has it been for you? And do you feel like you're doing right now what you're supposed to be doing?
1: Mm, Yeah. Great question. So I handled it. Um, through experimentation and a lot of depression. I'm just very transparent with people. It it was very difficult for me because I was in corporate for over seventeen years, and had gone through lots of different pivots in my career, but was always under that same umbrella. And so for me, the biggest issue was leaving and not having a paycheck every two weeks. That became part of my identity, and I felt less than because I wasn't getting a paycheck every two weeks. Didn't matter that I had a financial plan in place. So that part was really difficult. And then at the same time, I knew what I wanted to do, but I started playing around with all these other things because I knew I wasn't good enough at what I wanted to do to put up my internet shingle just yet. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, played around with all these other things and dove further into podcasting and, oh, I'll start a YouTube channel and, oh, I'll try and hack it on Instagram and see all I can do there. And, you know, kind of just like dip my toes around all the no-code tools, graphic design and visual design and, you know, just circled all around what I wanted to do, which was UI design. Um And that led me to a lot of opportunities, amazing people, the no code community you touched upon, which I am so forever grateful for. Um, So I do feel like I'm moving finally (laughs) into (laughs) what I wanna do, but for me, it's a years long process and I recognize that. Mm -hmm. So I think I always tell people you have to be kind with yourself and look at your circumstances. There are some people who quit to do what they were doing in their corporate job as a freelancer. You're going to have a lot more success faster with that because, excuse me, I already have that skill set. I didn't have the skill set, so I'm working at it, (laughs) but I do feel in alignment. So
0: when you left your corporate job, did you kind of have, did you have an idea that UI was going to be
1: the thing? Yes. Yeah. I a hundred percent knew I wanted to be a designer. Um, UI, UX, I had spent about three years doing UX and I have a background in nursing. And so UX just comes really naturally because I sat and chatted with patients and I know about assessment and all of those things. Um so it just felt like a really good fit but I I didn't really take the time until October of last year to invest in myself um. by getting a mentor and you know sitting down with somebody who was really experienced in the design world and design field to say hey like what am I missing what do I need to do differently. So I didn't really take myself seriously as a designer until October of last year. Because of imposter syndrome and depression, the pandemic really put me through a whirlwind, and combined with everything that I was going through, um, yeah, it's just—I, it's a test in mental fortitude. That's what I tell everyone. uh, Twenty, yeah, twenty, twenty
0: twenty, and really twenty (laughs) twenty one. (laughs) Let's—I mean, twenty twenty one really has been like—I mean, it hasn't been it hasn't been the reprieve that um I think everyone <laughs> thought it was once like january 1 came um yeah but yeah 2020 was a test of everyone's like mental um i don't i don't want to say strength but yeah it was it, it i think it put everyone in a funk really and truly yeah um, so, but also too is like it's it's strange enough. Like when twenty in the middle of twenty twenty, and of course March toward the middle of the year, I was like, this is the this will go down in in infamy infamy. Like this is just it's just a terrible year. But for some odd reason, toward quarter four, like the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think everyone like made a pivot and I don't know if it's because we became used to, and we said, and we were thinking, well, let's just make the best of it. But a lot of people made pivots that yeah. last quarter. I and noticed
1: I, that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think it's wonderful. Like something key to of why I wanted to do women to done is like the idea of a coach. Like mm-hmm. so often we want to solve the problem ourselves. Mm-hmm not I mean not knowing not realizing that like we created the problem <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, like but, but you but you're the one that 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 got us in this mess <laughs> you know and, and when I say that I'm talking about I'm, I'm looking in the mirror right yeah. um so sometimes you need that like objective person and so, and mo- and, mo- and by the way most of the time, when someone when you have that coach or when you have that like that person that's providing that service it's the most common sense advice but it's because it's outside of you you're able to kind of take it and process it and it makes complete sense because it's harder for people to be objective and truly like analyze them analyze themselves to that degree Absolutely. so i think that's that i mean you've already said it that was kind of your turning point so mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely true. I, I think it's super interesting too the impact that community had on me. You touched upon it a little bit, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. My turning point really came with community. When I invested in community and invested in myself with paying for community and really then committing to show up and be there and make connections. That's when everything sort of pivoted for me. And you you touched upon the no-code community on Twitter and how great it is. But I'm really interested to hear and kind of what your thoughts are with community in general and how it's impacted you.
0: I mean, community has been really everything. I, I feel like now, I mean, I'm definitely not, like, at the core of the community. There are some, like, superstars that we all know about um, in the space. But I do feel like everyone's friendly enough that I can reach out to anyone in the space Mm -hmm. and get help and get guidance. And everyone's trying to kind of spread the gospel of no code. Right. And and that's, and I I think that makes a difference, too. Like, Mm -hmm. no one's trying to hoard it. Like, no one's trying to, like, hoard their knowledge. It's, like, it's all about making no code as big as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, So for that, I mean, the community and primarily for no code is on Twitter um, has been tremendous. I've had people, like, reach out to me. All you have to say, all you have to tweet um, and if anybody you know listening is not a no coder and they want to be and want to join the community, literally all you have to do is quote, "How do, how does one get into hashtag no code question mark?" And literally, you will have about 40 comments from yes. all these superstar no coders telling you how to get into the community. Um, so yeah, it's it it really has been wonderful. I will say for paid community, there is something to that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, having like a little bit of a gate um, mm-hmm. on things. one, I think maybe the the people that you deal with probably are a little bit more serious when when you get in that situation, but also too, for me, um, it allows me to be accountable because mm-hmm. I'm pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty cheap. So if I pay for something, I'm like dog on it. <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I'm, going to, I'm going to get my value. I'm going to I'm going to get my value here. Um so it's oh, to me maybe outside of everything and I'm sure people give different answers to this question, but for me like the pay communities are about accountability more so than anything. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. But with that said, there are a lot of free communities in the space. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, too, um, I'm seeing a lot more women-driven communities, which makes me very happy. Because I always feel like, especially in the Internet, we need safe spaces for Mm -hmm. women or anyone who identifies as a woman to come together. It just has a different... It's just different. You know. (laughs) The
0: listening yeah, um. Yeah. no, 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 that is true. I mean, I was in um, and I was actually really surprised about this. Um, I was in a hundred days of no code, and I finished up in March, early March. And so you know when you're you're doing your tweets or whatever. and so it was, it was like day one hundred, and I was exhausted. <laughs> I yeah. said, my my tweet literally says, it's day one hundred. I did X, y, z in notion. And I know I'm supposed to say something profound, but I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, right? But what came next? If I knew what was going to come next, I would have dug in deep and found something (laughs) something profound to say. Because what I didn't know is that um, Max Haining is over 100 days, Mm -hmm. right? And so he literally comes back after my tweet and says, Oh wow! Congratulations! You're the first woman to ever finish 100 days of No Code.
1: Get out! Congrats! That's awesome. And I was
0: like, "How is that?" <laughs> my 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 literal response is like, "How did that happen?" Because there are so many kick butt superstar <laughs> women who are who have far exceeded who far exceed my knowledge and um, engagement, like in the space, like how did, how did that happen? Um, so when he tweeted that out now, it's like a ton of attention on my (laughs) (laughs) non-profound, I got, I got nothing tweet or what have you, but yeah, but I, I love that. But when he tweeted that out, I said, you know, we have to do a better job if that's the case. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. there's too many women for, for me to, have been, for me to have been first considering that I just started in December. So yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm doing that too.
1: That's interesting. I mean, that's awesome. Congratulations. it's phenomenal that you did it. And I love that it, it was an authentic tweet, right? Like you didn't play it up. You were <laughs> extremely authentic in what you said. And you're like, this is it. I'm done. <laughs> hundred days is a lot. <laughs> <More> yeah. commitment? <laughs> <laughs> it, it re-
0: yeah, yeah, it it was. Yeah, in fact, I need to go back <laughs> and try and I need to go back and dress that up a little bit. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> Quote, retweet. This is what I was actually going to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But
0: it's yeah, it's it's really wonderful. That's um, the pivot that I'm making with women to done is about that though, because one thing about community is that it's, it's kind of hard creating a community. <laughs> it, it really, really, it really, really, really is. And it's constant work. Like I see some communities that are extremely organic. Um, and I think those are the best ones. Mm-hmm. But, um, but creating a community around your product, I think can really be difficult. Yes. One, because it's just difficult to continually give that value, but also two, there's a ton of communities springing up. I know,
1: <laughs> like
0: I everyone, that. everyone has a community. So, um, so for me, women to done is becoming less about like cohort based mm-hmm. coaching, and is now going to be more about like just a hub. Just a hub of resources, um, tools. I really want to get into bigging up all of the women in the no-code space Mm -hmm. so that these women founders that may not be technical can link up with all of these kick-butt women out there now that are extremely proficient in the no-code space.
1: So Yeah, that would be awesome. We need it. (laughs) We need for it. Well, and that's one of the reasons I put together Community Finder, right, to help highlight some of these communities that are popping up, because I do think we need to help lift them up. There's so many amazing spaces and people are doing such amazing things, but it can feel a bit overwhelming for folks outside of the the space to know where to go and, and how to get there. So I'm excited that you're building that.
0: Absolutely. And I did. I listened to your podcast with Rosie. Um, which I love that format, that nine minute, like, That's great, let's, right? let's get in there and kick butt and just talk, trim the fat or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love that. So are, are are you in that space now? I mean, I know you have Community Finder, which is glorious. <laughs> glorious?
1: Yeah. yeah, I call myself an accidental community builder. I've actually been helping build a couple of communities over the past few months. Um, just kind of fell backwards into it. I was helping um, some of the founders do other things and taking some classes and learning along the way. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I can help with that. Yeah, <laughs> and Because I really, really enjoy it. I think my background, very type A, and I have a product management background as well. So operations come super naturally to me. And my love of no code, I'm like, oh, but you could just automate all this together. And here, you just set it up this way. you know. And so for me, like all the backend structure and organization Um, just felt really natural and helping creatives was always meant to be a community but I like you recognize that it is a huge commitment Um, and so that's why I wanted to chat with Rosie about ways to monetize because for me forum-based is just not what I feel like is the best fit I do think there's a lot of opportunity for folks to have these discussions and and a lot of different things and resource-based is more what it's like and so how do you monetize resources I don't know yet (laughs) Yeah, I it out. yeah. Um, but I do love, love the community space, community building. Um, It has very quickly become one of my passions that I'm kind of moving towards. And I think I always was in community. I just didn't really think of it that way. Um, You know, a podcast, all my listeners are part of my community. I just didn't have a place for everybody to come together all the time. And so it doesn't always feel like a community, but I'm working at it. It's, no, it's it, a process you know
0: <laughs> no it, it definitely I mean I, I like I'm definitely a part of your community I follow you every time I see a tweet <laughs> you know I'm reading it I'm engaged I love what you've been saying and I and actually you're you're one of the few people I think you're one of the the first pe- first person in the space that is that tweeted out like you know let's just chill today <laughs> like right. let's let's just like not talk about a launch today, you know, and that sort of thing. And that's, I mean, and that's great. We kind of need more of that. So, yeah.
1: Thank you. That makes me so happy. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so we'll see what's next with it, but you've had a ton of success and lots of amazing things coming down the line, but you know, I chat about failure. So <laughs> 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 what, What's maybe something that hasn't gone so well along the way that you learned something from? I
0: guess like my entry into no code was a little bit of a I made a lot of rookie mistakes um and when I look at it, even when I did a hundred days of no code or whatever, it wasn't as pristine as I- <laughs> As I, would have, as I would have liked. You know, I would have loved to have started 100 Days and come out clean with an absolutely perfect product or really a few products, right? Mm-hmm. But um, when I started, I didn't know the tool hierarchy mm-hmm. and so I jumped in into a bubble boot camp. Oof. yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, Sarah, I went from Wix to bubble it's like the deep end of the pool (laughs) it's like I was like I was I was in one of those little plastic pools that you buy at Walmart and then someone like like dropped me into the Atlantic Ocean type deal and by the way bubble is fantastic and that boot camp was fantastic but I will say as a newbie that that yeah, that that may I may not have jumped in right with the big daddy of no code tools. <laughs> so I would say that kind of doing that, um, it it kind of ate up a little bit of that hundred days in that initial time because I was just kind of like, I'm I'm just trying to make it to shore. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> t- I'm, I'm. I'm just. I like. You know what? Um. I see Notion and I see Glide on the shore. <laughs> I see. I see all of these other tools on the shore. Let me just. I just need to get there. <laughs> you know. Um. And those are wonderful tools. Um. As well. But in fact, I am a. I'm definitely a Notion fangirl. By the way. Um. So it was that. But again, but again, that's kind of a part of it. Like no one necessarily is going to tap you on the shoulder and say, "You, please rethink that <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the very beginning. And the one thing about the space I will say is there's a ton of tools and there's a new tool every day. It's overwhelming for someone coming into the space Oh, yeah. To use the right tool. And as much as maybe we don't want to like think about it or like our grade tools, it would be great for anyone coming into the space to kind of have like a spectrum of, okay, you're at the beginning of this journey. So you're going to, you're going to follow tools, A, B, and C, right. you know, you're not going to, you're not going to try, you're not going to okay. do a bubble, a bubble. Right. <laughs> at, the beginning, at the beginning of your, of your journey. So, yeah. So I would definitely say that that was a um, a misstep, but after that, I really got into, you know, just tinkering with different tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the hundred days, really and truly, I had tried at maybe about 20 tools. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was, I mean, it was fun. Some, some of them super, it was super superficial, but um but yeah, I just try just a lot of tools. And now when I go into it, you know, I have an idea when I want to build something, Oh, I need to go and use card for this. You know, I need to do, I need softer for this. I need notion for this. So, yeah.
1: Awesome. That's great. I think a lot of us do that. Dive into the deep end unknowingly you don't know what you don't know. That's
0: okay. (laughs) Exactly. You don't know what you don't know. Like you have to, you have to mess up. And by the way, like, Someone once said, it's like, uh, you know, a smart man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Um, sometimes we just have to be smart. And hopefully right. the people listening to this podcast can be wise. And uh, <laughs> a bubble boot camp at the very beginning of their no coach journey. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I still haven't been able to um, wrap my head around bubble. I-, I keep trying and I'm like, it's just overwhelming. It's a lot. It's a cool tool. I really like it and I want to get good at it, but it's a lot.
0: I mean, no, I, I'm going to revisit it. I'm, I'm, I want to revisit it. I think it's a great tool. If people put their heads down for some time, I think you get it. You just have to focus like, and, 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 and you have to push all other tools (laughs) maybe aside for that time period, but it's a, it's an awesome tool. I mean, you can literally do everything in it.
1: I know. I know. It's so great. It's on my list of things to learn, but that, that learning has paused for the minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, we have chatted about so much stuff, and I recognize I've kept you for so long already. But what else could you leave us with? Do you have any kind of words of wisdom for somebody who maybe is interested in doing entrepreneurship but doesn't want to leave their full-time job?
0: Start small. And well, I know everyone says start small, but I mean, you can literally have a micro business. You can have a teeny, teeny, tiny sass, you know, it can be, it can be extremely small. You just need to kind of get a toe in the water. Um, And then two, like, don't be a perfectionist. So if you're in the corporate environment, chances are. You are you've been trained to be a perfectionist. Like you don't want to let anything out the door that hasn't been proofread and that's Mm -hmm. and that's shiny and that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, Let that go, because what I'm finding out is that people just want the value. They don't really care necessarily um, if it isn't pristine what you're the presentation that you're given, you know, the landing page that you put up. It doesn't have to be pristine. You know, it just has to say what you offer and and an email a capture, right? And that's that's all that you need. So I would say start off small and don't overthink it, trying to be a perfectionist.
1: Very, very great advice. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Where yeah. are those- get in touch with you uh to follow along your journey.
0: Okay. I am Fresh Bester on Twitter. I'm primarily on 99 percent of the time I'm <laughs> on social media. I'm on Twitter. Uh and then the other 1% I'm on Instagram Fresh Fester as well. So you can find me right. there. Thank
1: right. you so How... much, Sarah. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes. And until next time, can't wait to watch your journey. Thank you. And that wraps up this week's show. Thank you to our guest for joining us, sharing your journey, your fails, and lessons along the way. If you want to follow along in between episodes, you can catch me on Twitter at Sarah No Socks. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help the podcast. Until next time, bye!